Hello everybody, you're listening to The Private Citizen, this is episode 54 for Wednesday, the 3rd of February, 2021. Hodel the Stonks. Hey everybody, welcome to The Private Citizen, my name is Fab, coming to you live from the lockdown city of Düsseldorf in Germany. And today... Uh, it's almost, the show is almost a year old, but just almost. And uh, today we're going to talk about GameStop, um, because that's that's the big topic. But I'll, I'll explain uh, a bit later. I hope you're doing, uh, I hope you're doing well, as usually I'm uh, recording this live on Twitch uh, with some people who are, who are watching live, which is pretty cool. I'm okay in Germany, still, still locked down here. Um, now they are telling us uh, what uh, what mask we have to wear. It's not not enough that you just wear a mask. Not just there has to be special masks, <laughs> even though there's absolutely no no scientific uh, evidence that one mask is better than better than the other. But you know, s- shut up, shut up, scientists. You know that's that's how it goes. Or uh, you know, as as it as it is often sounds like yes. So healthy, otherwise you will be shot. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, but in other news, uh, dry January is over. I set myself the mission to not drink anything in January, just uh, just uh, for a challenge, and I, I managed. And uh, now I can drink again. So cheers! Uh, I'm having some lovely Radeberger here. And um, before we get into the topic, uh, topic of today, game stock, the game game stop. I keep saying game stock kind of kind of fit. Uh before we get into that uh the ho- the whole craziness here I just wanted to announce um so I had said last week that I probably won't do an episode this Wednesday which I'm doing right now. So there'll be two episodes this week. Uh you get you get special special episode. We're doing this one uh on the normal Wednesday cycle uh as you can tell you know just with a normal normal topic that I go in depth on and then uh, on Friday we'll have a special episode. Because Friday will be the exactly the one year anniversary of this show, and I had an idea. Uh, I went into the uh, producer only uh, channel that we have in our Discord server, and I asked the people that are uh, supporting the show monetarily if they would like to ask me some questions, AMA style, you know, uh, ask me anything. And I got some very interesting ones. Um, which I haven't looked too deeply on. I'll just list them down and I'll I'll, I'll answer them live on Friday. So uh, I'll do that on Friday, uh, and then uh, that that will be our special one year episode. So it won't be you know any any other topic. It'll just just be that. Uh, it will be a propos of nothing. You'll just probably learn something about your host, and uh, which might kick off some interesting discussions. But I thought that that was a good idea and. Um, so we're, so we're doing that, and you get a, a bonus episode, so you can look forward to that on Friday. But uh, let's get into uh, the topic at hand here. Let's talk about GameStop and what the hell happened in the last few weeks. GameStop. 
So before I get into this, I need to get a disclaimer out of the way. Um, I am the last person you should ever ask for financial advice. Fun fact, I would be a millionaire right now um, if I hadn't like sold my Bitcoins years ago for like <laughs> nothing, basically. Um, so don't ask me. Uh, I don't own any stock. I've never owned any stock uh, in my household. Uh, the wife managed, manages the finances. I actually wrote a blog post about this. Uh, this actually, uh, another fun fact, kicked off a change in the German uh, tax system uh, a while ago uh, because I wrote a blog column about the fact that um, so in, in Germany uh, it's a very old fashioned country uh, they assume that um, the person filing the taxes is the man and if the woman does that she still gets addressed as the man and I can't complain about that in a column Um on my blog and that got uh, basically uh, went through the whole uh, German German press everywhere like 36 newspapers or whatever and, <laughs> and at some point uh, some journalists asked the um, the Finanzverwaltung the uh, the taxation office basically uh, if they were, were going to change that and they are changing that they're in the process of changing that which is something I cost <laughs> which is fun but you know my wife's doing the finances so I I don't own any stocks I don't want to don't want to own any stocks I don't really know how the stock market works and this is not my expertise I usually don't write about this um, so. That just let you know. I've done as usual. I've I've read all the stuff. You know, I'm not dumb. I can um, usually read stuff and understand stuff. You know, you know. One of my first articles uh, back in the day for CT was basically explaining Bitcoin. There was a lot of financial stuff. In it. I thought that article in 2013 was late, really late, too late. I was amazed that they hadn't done that before. But in hindsight, maybe it was actually early, especially for Germany. Um. But, um, yeah, so I can do this. Uh, I, I looked into this. Just just be aware. I'm not going to go very in-depth about what shorting is and all that kind of stuff because I probably get it wrong. To me, personally, I've always thought the stock market is a bit bullshit. Um, to, I mean, uh, one of the things that I actually, uh, you know, I did this episode on socialism uh, a while ago uh, just as a as a baseline you know, to, to, so people understand what we're talking about. And, you know, I've, I've talked about Marx and Engels and stuff there, but, um, you know, I don't, I don't agree with, uh, socialists in many regards. And by that, you know, if you don't, if you don't listen, have, haven't listened to that episode, uh, listen to that episode because if you're American, uh, and we don't, so the episode was basically about the thing that we don't mean the same thing when we say socialism. I mean, actually social socialism, uh, you know, uh, th that was episode 34, by the way. Uh, what most Americans mean when they say socialist actually social democracy, which I'm completely okay with. But generally, I don't agree with socialists on many things. I do agree with Marx uh, that the stock market is bullshit. I mean, the, the dust capital is basically uh, a criticism of the stock market. You know, capital uh, in, in the Marx sense being um, money that is just there uh, that is just there to um, basically make more money, you know, uh, and people who uh, own that. So, you know, I, I know that it, it fulfills a very important function in our economy, uh, but I've, I've never really 
it's it, it it's not my thing and i don't really um uh i don't know i wouldn't you know if i say i don't approve of people buying stocks that would be harsh i don't care you know do whatever you want but it's it's not it's, it's not something for me um Real Funky Duck in Twitch chat says that's because the stock market is a bit bullshit. Yeah, it kind of is a little. Bit. I mean, it's 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 a it's a it's a it's a mishmash, right? It, it on one hand it's bullshit, on the other hand it's it's an important tool to finance things, and it drives our economy. But I've always had this pet peeve, and I've actually uh, never articulated this until I listened on on some podcast. I can't remember what podcast it was. It might have been the Daily. I don't know. They had a they had an economist on. And this was back in still in the Trump days, and they were talking about how uh, generally the economy. I mean, there's a, there are ways to measure the economy, and usually the stock market is one of it. But under Trump, because Trump is such a stock market guy, um, the the economy basically was synonymous with the stock market, and uh, and you know, in a country's economy can do quite well without the stock market doing well. Or you know, if it if the stock market does really bad, then usually the economy does really bad. But you know, there's a difference between like the economy and the stock market, and the stock market alone it might not be a good indicator just for the economy, which is something we've got. That, that's one of the one of the big things we're going to see here today. But anyway, with that disclaimer out of the way, so what happened? What happened with GameStop? Um, I'm going to do my best to explain. Here and also talk about why uh, traditional media, you know, why am I talking about this? Uh, because I think as a tech journalist and as, uh, as as people who listen to this, you know, you're interested uh, in privacy, in uh, in um, technology, but also in politics. I guess otherwise you wouldn't be listening to the show and how that all intersects. And um, I think this is something that interests you um you know i have limited ways of telling what episodes people like if they don't write me directly about it and that's always you know that's always just a very small um, percentage of the actual people listening uh and lots of people who like something won't write like most people that write you uh that's true of anything if you write if your podcast doesn't matter most people that write you tell you that they don't like something but you know i've got some limited numbers uh from the servers uh and i can kind of tell that one of my um, most listened to episodes of course the most listened to episode usually is the first episode of a podcast but you know um if you like don't account for that um one of the most listened to episodes is the one i did on uh play uh plaid uh, so this uh, financial background services company which is you know more privacy oriented than what we're going to talk today uh, about today but you know a big factor in the thing that happened are these day trading apps that are relatively new and i think a bit bit factor here is in the way the media reported on this whole story so we're talking msnbc cnn you know the usual reuters uh, uh bloomberg you know the usual suspects a lot of those didn't understand the new technologies in play here, even though they've written about them before but you know they don't really understand them and i i think i can bring something to the table here and maybe if you haven't heard about this topic at all you just heard game GameStop and don't know what what's going on so um let me let me fill you in so reading a bit from from wikipedia which has a relatively good um Good page on this thing. Uh, in January 2021, that is last month, a short squeeze of the stock of the American video game retailer GameStop, which uh, stock symbol on the New York Stock Exchange is GME, 
that's uh, uh, Golf Mike Echo. And others, uh, GameStop and other securities took place, causing major financial consequences for certain hedge funds and large losses, losses for short sellers. Approximately 140% of GameStop shares had been sold short. And the rush to buy shares to cover those positions as the price rose caused it to rise even further. The short squeeze was, in, was initially and primarily triggered by users of the subreddit r slash wallstreetbats, an internet forum on the social news website Reddit. At its height, the short squeeze caused the retailer's stock price to reach a pre-market value of over $500 per share, nearly 200 times the stock's one-year low of $2.57. Many other heavily shorted securities also saw, saw price increases. On January 28th, multiple brokerages, including Robinhood, which is, uh, you know, one of, the, I guess in the US, the biggest of these apps, um, these, you know, uh, day trading apps that people use. Um, on January 28th, 28th, multiple brokerages, including Robinhood, halted the buying of GameStop and other securities, later citing their inability to post sufficient collateral and clearing houses to ex. Uh, collateral at clearing houses to execute their clients orders this decision attracted criticism and accusation we're going to talk about this later of market manipulation from prominent politicians and business people from across the political spectrum and dozens of class action lawsuits were filed against filed against robin hood in u.s courts in reaction to brokerages halting the buying of gamestop and other securities the total market capitalization of cyber uh, sorry, cryptocurrencies and metal futures increased i have a picture of the uh game stock uh gamestop sorry gamestop stock that's hard to say the stonk let's just call it the stonk of the stonk gme uh in the show notes uh, the show notes as usual private citizen dot press go to private citizen dot press uh, that's where you will find all of this information and links so you can you know don't have to believe me think for yourself be critical um so if you look at <laughs> if you if you, so they in these reddit groups they have an expression which i think comes from dogecoin or that's where i encountered it first but you know to the moon uh, and i always post like this like little rocket emoji if you look at this stock it literally does that like on the i don't know what that is the 26 or 27 the stock is just like the the graph i mean i don't know nothing about the stock market but i know that this graph is unusual <laughs> it like rises uh, vertically um so you can see it rise uh over you know starting i don't know in the middle of january but then it just it goes up and then of course it goes down and uh now it's a it's 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 down you know gonna talk about the aftermath uh you know what happened afterwards uh here as well later but you know but it's still uh a lot higher than it was traded at before but you can see this is like a this is a major event this is like this is this caused this thing to be on main mainstream news um now wall street bets which i'd never heard about because i don't, <laughs> i think the stock market is a bit bullshit and i'm uh you know i don't have a lot of i, I spent my exposable uh exposable 
Dispo disposable income is, is what I'm trying to say, I think, uh, on magic cards and video games. So I don't, I don't buy. It's probably stupid of me, but you know. Anyway, um, so I don't know about these guys, but it's been around for ages. Um, so as far as I can tell from what I've read on the net, um, they got interested in GameStop because this is the kind of analysis they do. It's kind of like a, a red. It's like a bit like shit posting crossed with investments. There's a lot of people there that, that have a, uh, let's say, if if you're like a suit on Wall Street, it's called a very unorthodox investment strategy, um, and they are, you know, they are talking about this. And of course, um, this being Reddit, I mean, that's why they're interested in this. But also, this being Reddit. Uh, these are gamers, right? And gamers, contrary to what a lot of gaming journalists were saying a few years ago, are not dead. Uh, they are uh, pretty much a subculture. They are very, uh, if they get, let, let's put it this way. There's one thing about gamers, right? And I, I consider myself uh, a gamer as well. If they're like hardcore fans, if they get, um, interested in something or they're are passionate about something they're like really passionate like really passionate and you know this kind of also uh includes uh you know the the industry and and companies so i think one aspect um of this whole thing was just that this is a gaming uh category yes games for life it's twitch the chat of course immediately says um so, you know, this is a gaming company. And I think one of one aspect was that people were just pissed off that, you know, hedge funds or other people were shorting GameStop. And we're basically saying it's dead. Uh, it's a brick and mortar business. They're all dead. You know, digital games, blah, blah, blah. Um, it, the pandemic, uh, they're dead. Now, people still like these stores. They like brick and mortar stores. They like going to GameStop. You can buy a little... I don't know all these these figures and stuff. I mean, you know, I I, I personally uh, I have I haven't bought a physical boxed game or been in a store. I mean, there are GameStop stores in Germany. Um, I haven't been in such a store for uh, probably ten years. Maybe <laughs> it's probably closed. I think I think possibly the last game. I bought or like at least the last game I can remember I bought in a box uh, was World of Warcraft when it initially came out. There must have been some after that, but you know, um, usually uh, yeah, I've, I've been buying, buying these things on the internet uh, for ages, especially also because back in the day I always used to play. I like to play them in the original language and that was always hard to get in Germany uh, in retail stores. But anyway, so this, this seems to be... Uh, a factor in this whole thing, right? Uh, so Wikipedia uh, summarizes the uh, Wall Street bets and the whole situation as follows. Um, the community is known for discussing uh, the discussion around high-risk stock transactions, or as they like to call them, stonks. Uh, that, that was me editorial. That's not Wikipedia. Their way to <laughs> stick up the ass to say that. Even before the short squeeze, there had been interest in GameStop. Keith Gill, known by the Reddit username Deep Fucking Value, and the YouTube and Twitter alias Roaring Kitty, purchased around $53,000 in call options on GameStop's stock in 2019, and saw his position rise to a value of $48 million by GameStop uh, by January 27, 2021. 
Gil, a 34-year-old, ist ja Millennial, Gil, a 34-year-old marketing professional and chartered financial analyst from Massachusetts, stated that he began investing in GameStop during the summer of 2019. After believing the stop, <laughs> ah, fuck, I can't talk anymore. <laughs> After believing the stonk to be undervalued. He shared information as deep fucking value regarding his investment on the subreddit r slash Wall Street Bets, providing regular updates on the investment's performance, including time. So this has been going on for years, right? Well, almost well, at least a year, uh, including times when the investment had plunged. He stated on January 29th after GameStop short after the GameStop short squeeze that he quote thought this trade would be su successful un quote, but quote, never expected what had happened over the last week, end quote, adding that he planned to continue his YouTube channel as Roaring Kitty and potentially buy a house <laughs> and a Corvette and a second Corvette and an Aston Martin. <laughs> Deep fucking value explained. Uh, so he, uh, this guy, so he explained his position uh, before the, so this is before the short squeeze happened on Reddit as follows. Dude, everyone thinks I'm crazy and I think everyone else is crazy. So this is, so he, he noticed that people are shorting GameStop. Uh, I've dealt in deep value stocks for years. That's why his name is deep fucking value, I guess. Uh, but have never endured a bearish sentiment this heavy. I expect the narrative to shift in the second half of the year when investors start looking for ways to play the console refresh and they begin to see what I see. I'll post the update tomorrow as I always do after data readouts. It will be ugly and everyone will mock me as usual, but I, ex I expect GME to bounce back just as it did after the two previous earning earnings readouts so he wasn't the only guy um by the way who thought that uh, gamestop was undervalued uh, wikipedia says again uh, uh typical wikipedia pros here gamestop an american chain of brick and mortar video game stores had struggled in recent years due to competition from digital distribution services as well as the economic effects of the covid 19 pandemic which reduced the number of people who shopped in person as a result Well, or couldn't shop because of fucking lockdowns. As a result, GameStop stock price declined, leading many institutional investors to short to short sell the stock. However, in September 2020, Ryan Cohn, former CEO of online pet food retailer Chewy, revealed a significant investment in GameStop and joined the company's board, leading some to believe that the stock was undervalued. And uh, of course, this all happened uh, when this all happened, um, like the so deep fucking value kept, kept posting about this and he had just attracted attention and he was posting about the fact that they were shorting like patch funds uh, were shorting GameStop. Now you have to remember this is Reddit. So it's a gamers. These are almost all of these people are gamers, right? And they're um, they're investing in stock, but they're very unconventional. Otherwise they wouldn't be on Reddit. Like those fucking hedge fund people don't read Reddit usually. So they have a very special um, outlook on things. They also probably hate hedge funds. <laughs> and, I mean, who likes hedge funds, really? Uh, and uh, probably short sellers. Now, interestingly, I did an episode... Um, well, I'm going to talk about that when I, uh, when I, in, in a bit when I talk about um, what short sellers are. But, you know, they have a... 
they have a they have a different outlook. So so they noticed this and they were like, oh man, man, they're sh- they're like they they're short selling GameStop so much uh, to like hundred and forty percent. So there was sh- people were shorting it more than actual stock that you can buy existed, and they were like, oh, this is like a this is like a vulnerability, right? We all get on Robinhood or whatever app we're using and we all buy GameStop stock then the price will skyrocket and these guys will go out of business and this happened became a thing became a meme people were doing it people were posting about it it blew up it got covered it it started to work and then more and more people realized and then you know it it it, it just ran away and of course the whole subreddit uh, completely blew up uh, again wikipedia on january 27 27th, technology news website Mashable reported that the subreddit had broken Patreon records due to the short squeeze, receiving 73 million page views in 24 hours. 73 million page views in 24 hours. Uh, I think I've worked for websites that had that much page views in a year. <clears throat> uh, r slash Wall Street Bets was the fastest growing subreddit. The community surged by more than 1.5 million users overnight to a total of 6 million members on January 29th. So these guys had always been around. They had always been doing these things. But as it, as it is, meme, something happens, you know, the whole shit. The whole thing runs away with everybody and it just goes crazy. Now, quick discourse into what is actual short selling, right? I'm going to quote Wikipedia here because if I do it, I'm just going to get something wrong. Um, And um, yeah, so Wikipedia says, short selling is a finance practice in which an investor known as the short seller, (laughs) no shit, borrows shares and immediately sells them, hoping to buy them back later which is called covering, at a lower price. Return to the borrowed shares plus interest... Uh, sorry. Again. Short selling is a finance practice in which an investor known as the short, short seller borrows shares and immediately sells them, hoping to buy them back later at a lower price. Return the borrowed shares plus interest to the lender and profit of the difference. Okay. So basically, I mean, long selling... Uh, is when you just buy a stock, right? So you, your idea is, okay, this stock is undervalued. I'm going to buy it. You know, the Tesla a few years ago, you're like, okay, this stock has potential. I'm going to buy it. And then it goes up and you bought it for less and you sell it for more. So you make a profit. Short selling is kind of the opposite. You're gambling on the company uh, losing value, right? So basically, you you borrow shares from somebody, right? So you you're saying you're thinking the price will go down. So so the share is at the moment it's expensive, right? So you borrow them at the expensive price, and then you sell them at that price. You borrow them from somebody, and then you sell them on. Right? So at that moment, you probably made a, a bit of a loss because you know there's interest for borrowing. Uh, but generally, you would it, it would be a zero-sum game. right? Uh, if you paid the, the guy you borrowed them from back immediately, 
uh, it would pre- be pretty much a zero-sum game and you, you'd lose some interest or fees or whatever. Uh, but what you're hoping is you're selling it on to a high price, right? And then you're hoping that that the stock falls, right? Like that that, that the price goes down. Um, at, at which point you would then return... Okay, so you've so you've you've borrowed a share, sold it to somebody for a high price, the stock falls, but you still have to give that share back to the guy you borrowed it from. But when the stock price falls, you can just buy it. You can buy another one for cheap, and then hand that back to the original guy you borrowed it from, right? And because you immediately resold the the one you borrowed at a high price, and you can just rebuy it at a low price, you just pocket the difference. Which is complicated, but that's basically how it works. Now it has a downside. Uh, again, Wikipedia: the practice carries an unlimited risk of losses because there's no inherent limit to how high a stock price can rise. This is in contrast with taking a long position, simply owning the stock, where the investor's loss is limited to the cost of their initial investment. So these Wall Street bad guys noticed that some guys. We're short selling, so they um, they they were betting that the price was was going down. So they borrowed these stocks, sold them immediately, and then were hoping to buy them back at a high price. Now they thought, okay, if we can get this the share price to skyrocket, right? They have to buy them back at the high price because you have to return them at some point. So you have to buy them back at the high price, which is I think. Uh, called covering that's the you know that's the covering bit and so they were they were trying to force them to cover at the high price which would lose them a lot of money so if you have a big short position right you take a you buy a million uh shares like you you know you do that borrowing thing but you're like basically at the at the current stock price uh, let's say you spend a million dollars to buy these shares and then the stock raise, you know, skyrockets by two hundred percent, right? You'd you'd have to uh, buy them back instead of a lower price. You know, you you invested a million, you'd have to buy the shares back at two hundred million, right? You make a huge loss, and that's basically what these guys were seeing. That that's what, like they had all these short positions, uh, these hedge funds and, and and you know investors and stuff, and they were like, let let's really fuck them over by making the share price rise. Um, so as Wikipedia explains this, short sellers are exposed to a risk of short squeezing, which occurs when the shortened stock jumps in value due, for instance, to a sudden piece of favorable news. Short sellers are then forced to buy back the stock they had initially sold in an effort to keep their losses from mounting. Purchasing the stock to cover their short position positions raises the price of the shortened stock, thus triggering more short sellers to cover their positions by buying the stock. This can result in a cascade of stock purchases and an even bigger jump of the share price. And that is exactly uh, what we've seen. Now, people are immediately, uh, when this broke, were like, what, but short sellers, they're assholes, they're all bad. Like, I had a guy I follow on Twitter <laughs> who's a very intelligent person. It's uh, like, why isn't this Why isn't this illegal? <laughs> well, first off, it makes a lot of people a lot of money. But, um, 
you know, I link in the show notes. Uh, I did an episode, uh, episode twenty six, uh, which is which was entitled "When a Bank Starts Gaslighting People." On well, this is on you know privacy and and security implications. But basically, it was about a short seller, and in there I discussed. You know the the, the positive uh, aspect of short sellers. Short sellers uh, are generally uh, considered to have. I mean, as any practice, it can be. You know, there are predators. You can you can misuse it, but generally, it is a um, their role in the financial system is basically uh, companies that are overvalued. Um, if if short sellers. You know they put a they put a sh- they they do some research on the company, uh, so they can prove why they're overvalued, or maybe even that they're cooking the books or doing something uh, illegal or you know semi illegal, and then they put in a short position, and then they publish their findings, and then the stock falls because the company was overvalued, and they just proved that, and that's how they make money, right? And some people I guess see that as market manipulation, but really it is. You know, it's the company who was overvalued. You, the, the stock was not valued as the price as it should be. Like in this case, these short sellers I was talking about in, in that episode, uh, we're talking about Wirecard, right? Wirecard, the biggest fraud in the history of the German stock exchange, by far in a huge scandal, uh, which I, uh, you know, did that episode on and another episode, I think. There's a, there's a, if you go to that episode, there's a tag at the top, a Wirecard um, you know, all my episodes have these tags. If you click on those, you get like related episodes. Um, so you, if, you, if that's interesting to you, it's, it's a very interesting story. But that scandal was uh, made public not by journalists, not by accountants, not by the fucking uh, bookkeepers, uh, not by the auditing company, not by the f- German, you know, st- financial uh, institution, the BaFin, which looks after banks and stuff like that. None of those people. Short sellers. The short sellers were saying for years that Wirecard was actually lying about their finances. And they were right. And, you know, the the Financial Times did a story about this with the short sellers and then actually got threatened by the German uh, financial overseeing, you know, uh, governmental organization uh, sued and threatened because they were saying these short sellers are manipulating the market. They actually put a pause on short selling for Wirecard. Meanwhile, these short sellers were right. They were the ones who showed the world that Wirecard was doing something wrong. So, you know, short selling, um, I mean, you know, as, 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 as everything, as, as everything in the world, it can be used for bad and good, but there are definitely positive uh, implications of it. Of course, in this case, the Reddit people didn't like the short sellers saying that GameStop was undervalued. I mean, I don't think this original guy, the fucking value, was was implying any of that. He just thought, okay, I, I do like these. He did interesting investments, and he did an analysis, and he, he thought, well, they're undervalued, right? So I'm going to bet on the, the stock rising. Um, and it just like ran away because other people, I think a lot of people are pissed off with the hedge funds and stuff like that. Right. So why were uh, these short sellers targeted by a large number of people? Um, like one of the reasons uh, is this whole 140% thing. Um, again, I think this again, Wikipedia. Uh, on January 22nd, 2021, yeah, it's definitely Wikipedia, <laughs> approximately 140% of GameStop's public float, that is the 
portion of shares of a corporation that are in the hands of public investors, so not you know held by the CEO or the board or whatever, uh, had been sold short, meaning some shorted shares had been relent and shorted again, right? So <laughs> somebody, they were basically selling shares that didn't have, that didn't exist because they were lending and then... I mean, this is one of the things where it's like, I like I can't understand it anymore. I'm like, this is this is all complete bullshit. Um, uh, had been sold short, meaning some shorted shares had been relent and shorted again. Observers congregating around R slash Wall Street bets believed the company was being significantly undervalued, and with such a large amount of the shares being short, they could trigger a short squeeze by driving up the price to the point where short sellers had to capit capitulate and cover their positions at large large losses right and they then just did that um, now interestingly this came as a surprise to everybody because this is basically um, retail investors you know people like you and me sitting at home uh, using these apps right and they then, then talk on reddit this this would never have happened you know, in a world, I don't know, 20, in a world, in a world, 20 years ago, when, you know, you'd have to, like, ring up your stockbroker or whatever, and you like, hello, hello, this is, this is uh, James McMoneypenny the, the third, I, w- I would like to buy some GameStop stock, yes, yes, Jeff, uh, are you writing this down, I would like to purchase 500 uh, shares of uh, game i think it is called gamestop i think they sell video games <laughs> you know it's not like that anymore people are just like you know sitting at home using these apps but i'm gonna go into that uh in a bit when i get into that uh you know when uh, the next uh, topic i'm going to talk about a little bit about these apps but um yeah so um to to wrap to wrap up what happened, uh, this is how Wikipedia sums it up. Um, due to the COVID nineteen pandemic, like why did this happen? Due to the COVID nineteen pandemic, consumer spending in general was drastically lower than normal. There was also more money in the hands of investors as a result of historically low interest rates and an inability to spend their money elsewhere. Well, I could buy magic cards. Magic, it's interesting. This is something that, that uh, I can't wrap my ra- brains around. Magic the Gathering had its best year in its history. It's like, what, uh, 94? How old is Magic now? 25? Long time. Old game. Uh, <laughs> had its best year in history, including... This is not everybody going to digital. This is including paper sales were better than ever in a year when nobody can meet and play fucking Magic together. It's it's uh, it's so weird, uh, but anyway, yes. Uh, so a lot of people apparently didn't buy magic cards, but they were um, buying stonks. Um, uh, yeah, uh, and an inability to spend their money elsewhere. Other suggested factors included a culture of taking massive gambles on the stock market in the hopes of making money quickly. Um, Anger of some investors towards Wall Street hedge funds for their role in the financial crisis of 2007-2008 or the general democratization of the stock market coupled with the ability of retail traders to communicate instantaneously through social media, which isn't new, right? I mean, that is just, that in itself is just mind-blowing that that's a new thing. That you could have done that in the 80s on a BBS if you wanted to. It's just like the people that were on the internet... Back in the day when I was a kid, 
you know, when the internet was still a nice place. Uh, I just were nerds. Like we were, we weren't buying stocks. Uh, it changed, you know. <laughs> One stonk, please, says real funky deck, who at some point might have, might have had some GME stock. We were discussing this. He, uh, Funky Duck, by the way, thank you, uh, uh, big influence why I did this episode because we were discussing this in the uh, Discord server quite a lot th- during the week and I thought this was really interesting. Need to put it on the show. Um, right. So, completely lost my train of thought. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I don't know. This is not really new, but, you know, then you nerds are doing new stuff right now. And I think, personally, I think the gamble bit is, like, there, there's a gambling element here. Um, so in the last few years, uh, I learned that several of my friends or just, you know, friends of friends or acquaintances or whatever, uh, that I would never think own any stock uh, actually do. And they use these apps. Like in the last one, two years, I've, I've met, you know, I've talked to, to people I, you know, I've talked to for years. And they're like, yeah, yeah, I do like day trading. You know, I just put like a, a bit of money aside that's just like, you know, like some people, which is something I would understand. Like you put money aside, then you go to a casino and you just blow that money. And they basically have the same mindset. They just put money aside. If it's gone, it's gone. And then they just do the same thing. It's like gambling. It's like gambling to them. And coupled with these apps makes it really easy. You can like watch Netflix and do it on the couch, right? And you can just like do weird bets like these guys at, you know, Wall Street bets and just have, you know, have fun with it, basically. They're basically using it as a casino, Um, which, you know, we we also discussed this on the... uh, on the Discord, because I think uh, my, my favorite U.S. representative, uh, AOC, uh, mentioned, uh, she, she said in a tweet that uh, the stock market is basically a casino, which I object to. Um, whoa, I'm sorry. My microphone just, for some reason, <laughs> turned around and uh, did weird things. Um, uh, this is, uh, maybe, maybe AOC has a voodoo doll of my microphone. She's becoming my nemesis. Um I completely object to that because I actually understand why these, I, I mean, I, I just call it gambling as well, but it was more in air quotes because um, I actually understand while well, like intelligent people, you know, most people I'm friends with, I would consider intelligent. Uh, quite a few of them are nerds. Uh, why they are doing this, right? A lot of them got into it with, with cryptocurrencies and are also doing stonks. Um, but because it is like, I am. I'm not that person. I I actually like to go to the casino. I just like uh, actual gambling, right? Um, it's like the gambling element in Magic: The Gathering. I really like. Is something uh, some Magic players don't really enjoy, but I really like it. Um, and that's just a different mindset to me. Um, now the stock market is not. I mean, you can use it to gamble, but it's not really gambling. Like if you know what you're doing. Uh, right, the 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 fact that hedge funds exist, the the fact that you know people's uh, life savings and people's uh, and organizations put the um, the pensions of people into the into funds and into the into the stock market actually tells you that it's not gambling. If you know what you're doing. Uh, you will make a profit. It's not like you don't make. That's why hedge funds exist, right? You don't do. You don't always make a profit, but on average, you will make a profit. 
not the case in a casino. You know, the house always wins. In a casino, the casino always wins. Uh, as we discussed in the Discord as well, there is, of course, a notable exception. Well, there are two notable exceptions there in, in the Discord. People, I was saying this and people were saying, well, what about poker? Yes, poker is an exception. Blackjack actually is too, um, as you maybe know. What's that, what's that movie with the, there's a true story of these math nerds I think this was in the 70s they went into casinos in like um uh las vegas and just cleaned them out because you know if you're really intelligent and if you have a good memory you can actually do card counting in blackjack and you can just win all like you know you won't win all the time but you will will win on an average you can actually clean out the casino um poker similar although there's like because of the human element and there's a lot of chance so you'll like poker is set up in a way so there's like if you actually do the card counting and blackjack and they 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 notice because you win a lot they will throw you out of the casino right i mean you've seen oceans 11 you've seen all these movies they actually throw you out of the casino because they know what's going on and they know you the casino will go bankrupt if you keep doing it Um, with poker they don't do that because poker tables are set up in a way where the where the house also always wins um you know with with the the, the the money you know the dealer gets or whatever wherever how that works and because um you know it's a it's for the it's it's basically a zero sum game right if you're a really good poker player especially if you don't play in tournaments but if you go to places where like tourists play right you can always clean them out but it's a, like the casino isn't losing, right? The casino is making money anyway uh, because of the buy-in and all of that. But like um, you will win on you know, like other people will use and lose. And the stock market basically is pretty much the same way in that respect. You know where you uh, where the where the guys who know what they're doing they're they're winning, uh, and it costs other people who don't know what they're doing. Um, but you know, but in general, I wouldn't I wouldn't say the stock market is gambling if you say that um you don't understand the stock market and you don't understand how it is bad because the stock market itself you know if i was aoc and i i, I thought myself of myself as a socialist even though she really isn't one but uh, you know as a left-leaning social democrat let's call it that um then yes, the stock market is evil because the stock market is an instrument of people who already have more money than they need to make more money, right? And it's a it's a whole thing. It's a it's a whole setup of special of people that go to special schools and learn all this shit, and then they basically rip everybody else off who ha- don't have that knowledge. It's not like you can't you can go and get that knowledge. Of course you can, but. Um, you know you know you know what i mean it's like a, it's 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 not gambling if it was gambling it was like rich people throwing their money away but but, but that would mean they would throw it away right that would mean they would lose a lot but the thing is they don't right and they don't do it themselves you know they they invest in funds and whatever and they have people to do it for them but you know then they'll just make more and more and more and more money but anyway enough enough rent on the stock market um i've talked about magic uh, here before, and I, I, I put a video in the uh, in the show notes uh, because, as abysmal as the coverage on mainstream media was, uh, my favorite, one of my favorite YouTubers, uh, a guy called Rudy from Alpha Investments, um, who has a very funky way of doing videos. If you watch that, don't let 
you know, don't let yourself be put up by all the inside jokes. There's lots of going on with tacos and greed monsters and and he, him living in his basement, whatever. Um, the guy, the don't don't be fooled. Uh, the guy is a millionaire. Uh, is a bona fide millionaire. Uh, I think he used to be a finance. He used, actually we used to work at at a hedge fund. I think he he was a he was he was a Wall Street guy. Um, he quit and opened a Magic the Gathering store and then started investing in really old Magic cards that you know are basically like precious metals and they get more and more expensive. And he made uh, he made a fortune doing that. Now he's very funky, and I generally would say he is uh, he has an abysmal haircut. Uh, and is, is is unshaven and actually looks like he lives in his mom's basement. Uh, b- but the thing is, I can't really, uh, in this uh, current situation that I'm in, I can't really make fun of his haircut because, you know, there's a link in, in the, if you listen to the podcast, um, which uh, most people do and which is fair, podcasts are amazing. Um, and this is first and foremost a podcast, but I am recording this live and streaming this on Twitch, which has video. So there's always a link in the show notes. So you can always go and just, you don't have to, you know, watch the whole show again. But if you wanted to see me, what I look like in my uh, office here at home, um, then you could do that. And you will see that my haircut is even worse because I look like a fucking obo these days. So can't really dig him for his, uh, for his haircut. But uh, really is amazing. And he basically explains what happened. And he explains Wall Street Bats. He's, he's been a member of that uh, for ages. Of course he is. Uh, could have could have thought so. Uh, but he has a lot of knowledge, uh, inside knowledge of, of Wall Street because he used to work there. And he basically uh, says um, that these guys uh, who he used to know um, are really cocky. So basically, he um, he worked a lot when he was a uh, you know in in high school, whatever. He uh, earned a lot of money uh, just just working and working and working. He talks about this in his videos a lot, um, like in restaurants. I think his parents uh, had a restaurant and uh, just made enough money to go to whatever financial school you ever you, you go to, and set through all of that, and then became a Wall Street guy, and uh, actually probably made some money there too. Um, invested that and then he invested that and made him, you know, opened the magic store and he also, I think he does real estate investment. But he knows what he's talking about. Just just watch that video, just like the way he talks about head fund managers. <laughs> it's like, they're cocky, believe me, they're cocky. Um, <laughs> um, so uh, he is, uh, I, I can only recommend that. I've got some other further reading things if you're interested in the story. I wrote a newsletter on this topic where I basically ran about the media and what they did wrong, but I'm going to go into that uh, in a bit as well. Um, there's a very interesting uh, Twitter thread from Josh Gross, who basically um, figured uh, a lot of this out. I think he's writing a book now, and uh, I don't know if it's him, but somebody's writing a book. It's not even written, and MGM already bought the the film rights for this, <laughs> which, I mean, it's going to make a great film, but, I mean, I thought MGM was bankrupt, so <laughs> I don't know. They're probably going to get bailed out as well. Um, and then uh, also a great newsletter, uh, basically also a column, Suck It Wall Street uh, by Meta EB. Um I also liked very much. Anyway, let's get a bit more into, I mean, I've talked about a lot of this, but let's get into uh, the actual apps and, you know, technology and and why I think uh, that is uh, interesting. (laughs) 
So a lot of this stuff happened because, you know, there's these, there's these startups, right? And these apps, uh, it's kind of a lot like actually these, um, these plate guys, you know, just basically, uh, people, I mean, these apps are just like front ends for normal stockbrokers as far you know they they oh they they're basically like stockbroker usually you you ring up your stockbroker and they have your portfolio and then they buy the stock from the clearinghouse or whatever and now you just do that yourself in an app and they make a I guess they make a small commission I think especially when you sell stocks I think that's how Robinhood works but I've I've never used any of these <laughs> interestingly enough um while I was right, you know, researching this, writing other stuff about this and researching this for the show, I got incessant advertising everywhere and YouTube everywhere, even though I have ad blockers up the wazoo and, 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 you know, tracking, uh, tracking blockers or whatever. But still, I got advertised everywhere by eToro, which is like, I guess, the German. Uh, version of Robin. I, mean, I don't think they're related, but you know, they're a European company, I think. Um, and they're like the German thing. That's what, what a lot of, uh, I know friends who uh, trade on that as well. Um, but anyway, I found a very interesting thread uh, that a friend of mine linked, uh, linked me to. This is on uh, on the Fatty Wars uh, by a guy called Walrus Lifestyle, um, who says, I'm and I, I think this is this is valid and a good point. I hadn't thought about this. Sadly, I wrote my newsletter before he said that, uh, because mine was very much also like later read Matt Taibis, and that was very much in the same direction. That we both were basically going, <laughs> "Fuck you, Wall Street! Nobody likes fucking head fund managers, and now the geeks fucking sucked you one. Isn't that great?" But um, this this Walrus dude says uh, maybe this wasn't the you know. I, uppity little guys versus corporate story that everybody makes it out to be. So he says, I'm finding these posts about GameStop suggesting that somehow Reddit owned Wall Street to be sad. Reddit triggered a big Wall Street firm to crash. But another Wall Street street firm, Citadel, made money on all sides of it. Citadel handles most of Robin Hood's transactions, so they made money from every day Every day trader who bought up GameStop and will make money when they sell. Meanwhile, Citadel bought Melvin, the hedge fund that crashed, so they got a bunch of assets at a big discount. These scum have a couple of centuries lead on you guys. This is very much a sentiment that I think he's right on this. It's a nice story to think a bunch of nerds defeated Wall Street by day trading with their computers, but that's a false narrative. The scum were ready to profit from it, and they did. All you did was help them discover which assets were distressed. I'm all st for sticking it to Wall Street and would love to see that happen for real, but you have to be honest and clear-eyed to get uh, to get there in my opinion. I think he's 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 true. I mean the the, the the part of why this happened is this whole sentiment, you know, with the with the crash of 2008 and hedge funds uh, you know, being being sleazy. Oh, uh, Astral says Etoro is an Israeli company. Hmm. I didn't know that. I, 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 as, as a, you know, I don't use these things. I'm not interested in the stock market. I just assumed they were Spanish uh, because of their logo and the Toro thing. Okay, so maybe that, I'm going to say something controversial here. That probably means the Mossad is, is earning. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Um, yeah, so I think 
you know that 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 was a big part of this thing. You know, the whole ah, nobody likes Wall Street, and they caused that crash, and they, they do sleazy things, and they certainly do. Um, but I think what we're learning here now is just yeah. But you know, they they always do sleazy things. Like even if you try to bust them and you know fight them uh, at their own game, they still win. <laughs> Because they're just better at this shit. They they know how this works, and they they're always winning. <laughs> because you know they're rich people and they know what they're doing. Um, I found that interesting. But what we definitely see is that they didn't expect, like especially these Melvin guys, didn't expect some some nerds on Reddit um, to do this kind of thing. I found it very interesting also that a lot of uh, in the media there was a lot of written at the beginning that artists oh, is like. Well, they weren't saying it's insider trading because it's clearly not insider trading because it's on a public message board. But they were basically saying, oh, this is colluding, uh, which is a word uh, journalists uh, like to use uh, ever since the Trump era, colluding to manipulate stocks. And I was like, I don't get you guys at all. This is just people talking to each other, right? I mean, okay, they're doing this publicly, right? The suit guys do it. Uh, in like smoky rooms with a cigar and an expensive scotch but it's the same thing also they're doing exactly the same thing as the suit guys because exactly i mean what is a hedge fund or a fund in general or any you know these 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 firms what do they do they pool the money from lots of individual investors who give them the money to invest for them because you know the the idea is that these guys know what they're doing and then they use that and buy stock. And they, you know, regularly, of course, if a huge hedge fund with a lot of pull buys a stock, it goes up, right? So their own stock goes up or, you know, they tell, you know, they tell their friends, hey, tomorrow I'm putting in this position for a fund. You might want to buy this stock. That would technically be insider trading, I guess. But, you know, people, people do that all the time. Um, it's just like now it's just not... The, the difference is this is not the suit guys. This is not the established guys uh, where everybody expects them to do that. Uh, this is like some, some just a collection of random dudes on the internet. And that is the uh, what people are calling a democratization. I hate that word. There's nothing nothing to, you know, if in English it's okay, but in German people kept keep using demokratisierung, which in German in political science is a um, is an actual scientific uh, term. It's a, it's a very specific term, and also in English it is it is wrong. I mean that what people are talking about here, giving access to you know the little guy to something, for example, you know stock market or whatever, that is not democratization. Democracy is not giving everybody access, right? Democracy is a very specific thing. It is people uh, voting to, you know. Uh, determine the direction of of, uh, of of their of their country it's very specific and it, you know uh, so i i don't like that term ikea uses it like the democratization of design which is like even if you use that as a, like we're all we're not all voting what the next cupboard looks like right it's, it's uh, sorry it's a pet peeve i'm a journalist sometimes i get wound up because of words um yeah so but like the point is Yes, of course, these apps give access to to the stock market to people that didn't have it before, right? And then the masses. And why wouldn't they talk about this on a message board? And what is wrong with that? 
Right? They did it in public. These these hedge fund guys could have been in the for they could have read Reddit. Reddit is like it's even indexed. Like you can fucking search it from Google. It's not even like Facebook with a closed group. This is like publicly indexed. This is which is good. This is like on the internet. And I I don't I don't understand this impulse of saying, Oh, we need to we need to like uh legislate that or like that is bad that they're doing that. Oh how dare these people tell other people what stocks they buy? Like, what the fuck? Um So of course uh, Robinhood and these apps made this possible um because of you know what they enable people to do. Uh now interesting when this whole thing was going on. Uh, for some time, as we as we heard, um, Robinhood suspended actually the ability of their users to buy and sell GME, or as we like to call it here, the stonk. So that drew a lot of criticism, uh, including from a friend of mine, and that 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 was sarcasm. Uh, good old Elon, uh, Elon uh, the the Musk, Elon the my my kid has an unpronounceable name dude uh who uh, of course did uh, did this whole thing on the newest social network that is very 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 exclusive because why wouldn't you anyway uh quoting here from what is this website a link as always private citizen or press uh, proactive investors.co.uk on monday robin hood ceo and co-founder vlad tanev was questioned by musk in an impromptu interview on the audio chat app clubhouse in which he acknowledged that the initial ban on the platform's users buying the shares was a quote bad outcome however he refuted claims that hedge funds suffering heavy losses during the episode had pressured the platform into limiting trades, saying instead that the company quote had to conform end quote to its working capital requirements which were put under pressure by the unexpected upsurge in buying activity now i'm not buying this i think they, i don't think they were pressured i think they were just some you know they're on wall street right they know these people they were like dude <laughs> it's ah you're killing us here. uh despite the refutation ten, refutation tenf said a greater level of transparency was needed to explain how brokers calculate deposit requirements a requirement for platforms such as robinhood due to delays between Platform a requirement for platforms such as Robinhood due to delays between user investments and actual security purchases. So just because you know you're buying in the app and then they actually need to buy the fucking stock, which takes a while, so they have to put collateral up. I guess. Um, I love it. I like this is. Uh, I mean, this was impromptu, like on Clubhouse, but this guy is uh, the PR pro. I like this. A greater level of of transparency was needed. Why don't you just like? Why don't you just tell people? Right? You can just tell people. If you want more transparency, you're the head of the company. Just tell people. How about right now? Why don't you explain it to us right now in that fucking app with Elon Musk listening in and Grimes singing a slightly out-of-tune song in the background? Uh, why? What? Like... Oh, this, I love this PR thing. When people are like, yeah, we need more of thing. And you're like, you're in charge of the company. You could make sure thing happens right now. Why are you not making sure thing happens? Why are you saying we need thing? Why are you telling us that? You're running your fucking company. <laughs> ah. Sorry, rant over. Let me have another sip of beer here. Right. 
Um, the CEO described how the platform received an unusual large deposit request of around three billion US dollars from its clearing agency before the opening of the US stock market last Thursday. The same day, it attracted fury from retail traders by blocking purchases of shares in GameStop, stop, stonk, as well as cinema, as well as cinema chain AMC Entertainment Holdings, stock symbol AMC on the New York Stock Exchange. The influx of investors, that is Alpha Mike Charlie. The influx of investor orders also forced Robinhood to raise 1 billion US dollars in emergency funding last week to show up its platform. While the company also announced on Monday night that it had raised another 2.4 billion to meet the surge in user growth. Um, right, so why don't they just I think the the, uh, the most of the outrage was because people were like, why the fuck can't I buy that stock I want to buy? I mean, had they just said, right? They could just told people. Like, they could have put the screen in the app saying, we, we can't let you buy GameStop right now because we need to come up with $3 billion. <laughs> you're all buying this and then you're basically sending us the money in a month or whatever whenever the credit the people are probably buying this on credit card debt right uh, you know whenever that that clears in like four days but meanwhile we need like the three billion because we need to buy the actual stock um which i guess is understandable especially to people who do like financial transactions i, I don't i don't really uh understand um yeah, but so that's that's the interesting thing with those apps, right? People, um, I found this interesting because the the the, uh, so the tech media. I'm not not even saying the mainstream media. The tech media was uh, very um, surprised this has happened, and I I looked. Uh, because I was like, didn't these same guys write about these apps like for years? Because I remember seeing like these articles. I, I specifically remember. Uh, seeing articles about apps. I think one was about Robinhood that just flew by and I read by accident. You know, I read a lot of shit. Uh, obviously, journalists kind of my job, uh, even about topics that I just tangentially only connected with. But um, So I remember this reading the story. I think it was about Robinhood and um, it was it read like a fucking native advertisement. I, I don't know if it was in the FT or uh, Bloomberg um can't really mem remember um but it, i i was surprised because it wasn't a place where i think you know i was surprised because it wasn't a thing that a place that i packed as you know having native advertising and the whole thing just read like oh yeah this app's the best thing ever invented you can get rich from your living room couch use it now and here's some free money you can you know invest in stocks um so, like, so I went back and looked, and a lot of these publications uh, talked about these apps in the last like three, four years. You know how how these are new, the new way uh, of in investing, of how it will change everything, right? It, it will create this this wave of these uh, small little guy retail investors, which is exactly what you've seen here. That is just like the 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 only move from what you were saying was going to happen to what actually happened is that these people dared to talk to each other on the internet. <laughs> Which will now get us to the aftermath and get, off, get us to what you'll do 
right? When the people talk to each other on the internet, spoilers, you try to uh, make it so that they can't. Also, just just occurred to me. Of course, uh, of course, the app's called Robin Hood, right? I mean that that whole name is just oh, we're the good guys, right? That they, they're they're basically they're basically saying yeah, oh, we we <laughs> we we steal from the rich and give it to the poor. Ah, <laughs> uh, you fuckers! Uh, you know you're, you're the same Wall Street fuckers. You're just you're just Wall Wall Street fuckers that bred with Silicon Valley fuckers. <laughs> Anyway, so let's let's go. Uh, let's see what's happened in the aftermath. Of course, as I uh, well as I was researching this uh, today uh, during the day, uh, GameStop GameStop stock, or as we like to call it, the stonk, is falling rapidly. And uh, this is according to the Guardian. Uh, shares in GameStop plunged by sixty five percent in early trading on Wall Street. It's a trading mania sparked by small investors that sent its stock surging. And cost head funds billions of dollars lost momentum. Struggling Texas-based video game store chain has been the focal point of a battle by small traders. Yeah, we know about this, blah, blah, blah. Um, GameStop shares hit a high of $482 last Thursday, but slumped to $80 shortly after the market opened. They recovered to $117 by mid-session, but closed down, closed down 60% at $90. Still at $90. A year ago, shares in the 37 year old chain, which plans to close 450 stores this year, were changing hands at $3.25 a share. <laughs> so they're still uh, up, but you know, it's obviously uh, going down. Um, now, because of course, uh, traditional uh, media companies, as, as I said, didn't understand this, especially the, I mean, the, the, the financial guys didn't understand this, but like the, the mainstream mainstream was even worse. So you know they 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 of course they understand Wall Street, but they don't understand Reddit. Uh, they don't understand apparently don't understand these apps they've been writing about, and they don't understand gaming culture and shit posting. So they have no like what 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 with stonk? What is going diamond hands? What's what is going on, Jeff? Um, uh, so of course, uh, at first it was compared to Occupy Wall Street, uh, basically terrorists. Um, then I think this is CNN. Actually, this is actually I think the guy uh, who was the original guy who they made the Wolf of Wall Street, Wall Street me- uh, game- movie uh, after uh, blamed it on Trump supporters. It's the Trumpkins, uh, of course. And then the best, the best article. This is hilarious. This uh, link is in the show notes. Private citizen press. Um, as I titled the link, those pesky internet trolls who are basically all Nazis anyway. This is on the Guardian. This is amazing. This is like some millennial who who used to be like when he was younger was in uh, I don't know on four chan or something. And uh, as the uh, as our Discord, our producers in the Discord basically uh, analyzed, and I think this is correct, hates himself, and as he, that he was part of these internet forums. It's like, oh, it's all these, it's all these Nazis, and they're just doing things for fun, and they don't care if the whole world burns. Oh my God, people are so evil. You're like, dude, dude, the really evil people are the normal guys on Wall Street, right? 
with the $40,000 watches. <laughs> and uh, one of their cufflinks is worth more than your year or my yearly salary. Well, I don't have a salary, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, it's, it's just hilarious. Then, of course, politicians. Uh, basically, AOC, <laughs> it's, it's capitalism. Uh, Liz Warren, uh, of course, is Wall Street. Uh, it's, it's it's all of Wall Street, and then the Republicans were, uh, were you know, they're also dumb. Uh, they're basically all blaming the newfangled, them newfangled day train apps. Uh, so everybody's just, I think, just hating on. Uh, this was also uh, analyzed well, I think, by Tyrell, uh in in the Discord. Uh, everybody's just blaming and this I think this is a pattern that I, I, I want to write about this I think he's right on this um, this is a pattern that uh, that keeps emerging uh, the, the, these people especially politicians they just blame everything on the thing they hate anyway um, right so so for the Republicans uh, who are just as dumb as AOC uh, they're just like oh no it's uh, it's, uh, it's it's those people in in uh, in in their trainers, uh, you know, in their fucking sweatshirts, uh, on the on their hoodies, on the couch trading, right? And the the Wall Street guys in the suit are the good guys. You're like, what the fuck? But of course, uh, this is 2021, and we're in the middle of the culture wars. So, uh, what do you do when these evil people on the internet? They just. They're just unruly, right? You, you already locked them into your house, into their house, right? You forced them to put like a thing over their face when they go outside. But when they're in the living room, fuck, they do whatever they want and they're unruly and they go on the internet and then they, 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 they talk to each other. They talk to each other about what stocks they, they invest in. What do you do when that happens? Of course. You stop them. You stop them from talking on the internet. And that was the next idea. Uh, great story in Ars Technica, which I usually like, uh, but not this story. It's like, yeah, oh, Robin Hood banned them now. And yo, Discord, Discord took the uh, Wall Street Bat server down. Uh, to quote Ars Technica here, Discord was the first to act, shutting down the WSB server sometime around 6 p.m. In a statement provided to the press, the social media service said the WSP Discord server had uh, server quote has been on our trust and trust and safety on our on our trust and safety team's radar for some time or as I like to call them the censorship bureau uh, the trust and safety team's radar for some time due to occasional content that violates our community guidelines including hate speech glorifying violence and spreading misinformation the fucking Nazis Trump. Orange Man Bad, over the past few months, we have issued multiple warnings to the server admin, end quote. The statement goes on to specifically clarify that the move was not, quote, due to financial fraud related to GameStop or other stocks. That's because there was no fraud. Discord welcomes a broad variety of professional finance discussions from, as long as it's people in suits, from Wall Street and hedge funds from investment clubs and day traders to college students and professional financial advisors, end quote. WSB mods were also quick to dispute Discord's banning decision, saying that, if you, quote, if you gather 
250,000 people in one spot, someone is going to say something that makes you look bad. We blocked all bad words with a bot, which should be enough, but apparently if someone can say a bad word with weird Unicode code Islandic characters and someone can screenshot it, you don't get to hang out with your friends anymore, end quote. Right, you know, cancel, cancel culture, of course. Uh, so if anything's at fault, Uh, it's it's fucking Discord's moderation tools. Somebody says as, who's using Discord, which are non-existent. Uh, there's like one thing you can click. And it's like ban bad words, and you don't know what bad words are. Uh, I mean, I use Discord. I also use Twitch. Twitch is hilarious. I was in a just a qu quick quick rant aside. People seem to like rant. Green Turtle sixty says up against the wall. <laughs> um, all of them, all of them up against the wall. Um, Twitch, in Twitch chat, you can't say blah, blah, blah. So you can't say X. Like if you say a, a, a nation, a, a nationality, and then this, the word destroyed afterwards, uh, the comment gets automatically deleted if you have like auto mod enabled, right? Because that's evil. So but you know how I figured this out? I was in somebody's uh, Twitch uh, stream, Um My friend Halifa on Twitch, who streams uh, at the moment uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, which is a game uh, about the, you know, the Viking era Middle Ages in England. So with it being Assassin's Creed, there's, there's lots of historical, uh, you know, things that are not historically correct. But, uh, you know, we had a historical discussion and we were talking about, I think, Exeter. I think it was Exeter. And we were talking about a, a church. So somebody was asking a question. So I had time. I was uh, watching the stream. I uh, went to Wikipedia and copied and pasted a bit about the history of this church. Now, in there, it said that the Danish had destroyed the church, which is an undisputed historical fact. The Danish destroyed this church, right? The Vikings fucking burned it from down. It was a Christian church. But you can't say that on Twitch. It's like, what the fuck? I mean, and that's pretty much how it is on Discord. So I'm, I'm with this admin. I think he is, uh, he's, he's completely right. Uh, but of course, you, you have to ban it. Now, uh, I, I, one of the reasons I've, you know, this is all, this is hilarious. I mean, I really like Ask Technica normally. I mean, they're, they're getting worse. They used to be really good. Um, but, you know, this is not a new problem. Now, the guy who wrote the story is the gaming editor, um, a guy called Kyle Orland, who some people will know. Uh, who go back um, as one of the well he is one of the guys responsible for the whole Gamergate conspiracy now I don't want to get too deep into the Gamergate because people uh, will will vehemently disagree with me what it's all about but um, so it got started because some people uh, there was a an industry mailing list with tech uh, where games journalists who were uh in a private mailing is talking about things, you know, about their job and about what to write about and what not to write about. Um, and the guy who created this mailing list was uh, Kyle Orland. Uh, so he is also a big factor in the whole thing that then uh, kicked off, which was the whole gamers are dead thing, where like pretty much any big gaming outlet in the US wrote a story how gamers are not a thing and how all these diverse people play games, which is true. Um, But basically saying gamer culture is over and gamer culture is dead. Now, if this GameStop thing teaches you one thing, which is something he should have 
he's a gaming journalist, right? That would have been my take. My take on this whole thing would have been, look, this is this is gaming culture, right? For better or for worse, you might not like it, but it is a thing. It exists. It is not that. Um, when gamers get pissed off, uh, they get they get really pissed off. Also, like that, that's one of the things, like with the Discord ban, right? So any big Discord server will have these problems, right? So so what happens if somebody says something like like that, like in weird Icelandic characters in a EA, in an official EA, you know, electronic arts run Discord server, right? That that'll get flagged. Will the EA server will get closed because people keep violating like the trust and safety, health, healthcare, and tulips uh, thing from Discord? No, of course not. They'll probably not not even get warnings. Like this is a, a fucking hypocrisy. That that's what um, what always uh, annoys me with this kind of thing. The only thing that helps is is a beer. So that's basically uh, what's happened. And of course, the reaction is going to be, uh, you know, some censorship. There's going to be some, uh, you know, they can't have those pesky Reddit people talking to each other. Um, there's going to be some legislation, I'm guessing. Um, scrutiny for these apps, which I don't really care about. Um, you know, I don't have any skin in this game, so I don't, don't really care. But I, I do think it's funny this whole thing happened even though you know even if it's not a story of um you know of the little man show you know giving the finger to like the wall street suit guys it is still interesting for somebody who um who's interested in technology and and these kind of things because it's um if you look at it in hindsight uh, I mean, it's, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. It's always easy to do that in hindsight. But I mean, I, I think some people have seen this coming and have written about this like years ago. But it was obviously uh, something that was going to happen. Um, you know, you, you get these apps, you get all these people investing. And especially, you know, you lock them in their house. They're like fucking bored. What else were they going to do? And I feel like it's just only get going to get worse. Like I was thinking when like all these... Uh, uh, these politicians, like these, these uh, you know, progressive politicians, were, were bitching about this. It's like, like what, what, what? Like a lot of this is probably also because you know, like the stimulus money people got, like under the Trump administration. What will happen <coughs> if you put people on universal basic income? Right? Uh, they, they'll start putting some of that money into things like this and gamble. Uh, they will they will do that I'm pretty sure because uh, while these politicians are all very intelligent and progressive and you know uh, you know don't don't like capitalism pretty much uh, I don't know at least that's what I say um, the people they're giving their money to will not necessarily be that way right they they will be as people are uh, un, um, you know they they'll be they'll be uh, they'll do dumb things. Um, they'll be unresponsible uh, sorry irresponsible um, you know they, they'll do stuff like that 
and, and then then you were like, oh, what happened? We gave we locked people in their houses, gave them all this free money, and what did they do? They went on and uh, they, they bought stock, and then they talked about it on Reddit. Like in hindsight, it's just it's just hilarious. I mean, it's just hilarious anyway. Um, but yeah, and it's I think to 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 wrap this up, um, it's not only a funny story and an interesting story. It's also. Um, I found it interesting because it shows a certain um, mechanic. And I found this interesting because, you know, when I talked about the uh, the, the the plate guys and, and that kind of thing, like this, the fintech, um, this, this goes in the same direction. You, you have a situation now where where these kind of these these apps and these these infrastructures that people are building um come into play and they change they change the land, landscape and it will not only be um something like this right this is um it, it won't only be financial markets um as soon as you give people the apps and and abilities to do something like this and uh, you know to um to do things from their home that usually people in suits do in, in offices, it, it will change will change dynamics. And of course there will be like the equivalent of shit posting, right? I mean, this is one of the reasons um I don't care, like I'm not against these apps. Um, uh, but that's also because I don't really care about the stock market. I don't and I don't really know if this is a good development or a bad development or if it's just indifferent. Um but like if if I mean this is a reason why, for example, I'm against internet voting. Um, because I feel uh voting needs to be a more analog, slow, thought out process. Aside from, you know, what I talked about I think in episodes in the second episode, about, you know, all these technologies being horribly insecure. Um Aside from that, it's like it will lead to something like this, right? It, it, it will lead to literally a subreddit where people will discuss how they can game, uh, you know, the elections in their local state or whatever. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure about that. You know, that that is if you if you game like if you the trend has been put these things into the digital realm gamify them and make them easily like make them easily accessible to everybody and then gamify them and that I'm, I'm pretty sure this will be a trend that will go you know that will that will follow that we will follow that trajectory with i don't know if it's going to be actual voting in some countries it's probably going to be um like um uh you know referendi you know stuff like brexit this is stuff like brexit um you know i might piss off some people saying this but like you know this is like a, it's a mass dynamic sometimes you kick kick these these dynamics loose among a large population of people that will then do something and decide something that as individuals if they actually thought about the situation they would do <coughs> i'm not saying um well dry throat sorry mm. I'm not saying Wall Street bets and this whole GameStop thing is that way. 
Um, I actually think this is just hilarious because I think it doesn't hurt anybody. Like there's now all these stories. Oh my God, all these people who can't really afford it will not lose will lose all that money. But yeah, okay. But I don't have any sympathy for them, right? If you go play on the stock market, you better do it with money that you can afford, right? And I'm, I certainly don't mind these hedge fund people. The the only uh, issue here, in my view, is the same as Walrus guy said is actually that the Wall Street people are not the ones who are hurting because they always get bailed out. They always get money from somewhere. The, the, the rich people are never the people going bankrupt, right? It's like Trump. It's like he's always creatively uh, borrowing money from a bank that borrows money from another bank while, he has, while that credit is like defaulting. He just borrows money there. Um, it's always, you know, the little people getting fucked. But then on the other hand, you were buying this shit on an app right you just, i mean and that's another problem with these apps right they they abstract what you're actually doing and it might seem to to be like a game to you when it, maybe it isn't uh, maybe it's actually a lot of money and maybe it's just maybe you should think about what you're doing but you know i just see I, I just find this interesting mostly because a it's a funny story and b it's a i think it's a beacon for things to come uh in other areas and uh, that's my take on the whole situation. I hope you liked it. Please let me know. Uh, there's a contact link, privatecitizen.press. There's a contact link uh, at the top of the page, uh, at the very top. We're just scrolling there. The show notes are very long. Uh, that gets you to to a page that lists all the ways uh, you can contact me, including, uh, of course, a PGP key email. You can write me a letter. Uh, you can there's a discord server there's irc there is uh, all this stuff there is a secure contact form for whistleblowers if the pgp doesn't work for some reason had that happened this week you can use that uh, so many ways and of course there's the feed in the feedback segment there's also a link and we, we're going to get into that but i just wanted to say if you disagree if you agree if you have a different point please let me know if you uh don't like that i'm talking about financials on this podcast which you know started life pretty much as a privacy podcast uh and branched a lot more into politics um but i think you know i think this this is interesting i think this applies to our interests uh if you agree if you don't agree please tell me because i am trying to tailor the show for you right not completely Right, I like to talk about things that I actually find interesting. I never do a show which I don't find interesting because, uh, to be honest, people are pitching in, but you're not paying me enough for that. <laughs> so I have to have fun while I do this. Uh, but uh, I'm open to your suggestion always, and I welcome them always. And with that, let's get into the actual feedback. <laughs> So first of all, we had, or I had, uh, I think this was in Discord, uh, a comment from Funky Duck, who is also uh, watching right now on Twitch, um, about last week's episode. Um, and he suggested I do an episode on net neutrality because we, we were talking, or I was talking about net neutrality. Now, 
I've talked a lot about net neutrality in the past on other podcasts, but I see, you know, I've got a lot of new, new listeners that haven't listened to stuff I've done in the past, so I feel like it might be worth revisiting at some point. I probably have to do some research because, uh, I mean, I did actually work for an ISP, but this is, uh, this was in, uh, well, I stopped working for them uh when i went to yeah when i worked when i it's the 2012 i stopped working for them when i went to london uh to work for the age so it's been a while ago so things might have changed i don't think the, the general my general gist hasn't changed but i think pretty much you know like when i did that episode about um ssl and privacy it, i think a lot of people are uh they're not necessarily wrong. I think they, I think they read stuff that's wrong and they're misunderstanding the actual issue because I think there was a lot of, uh, misguided, uh, characterizations, uh, in the press, you know, pushed by people like the EFF, uh, the Electronic Frontier Foundation, which I, you know, really like, but like, you know, like every organization, they sometimes people are wrong and they were really wrong on this one. Um, but you know, maybe I, we can talk about that at some point. Anyway, I thought that was a great discussion and a good, um, reference for, you know, what I mean with, you know, just tell me on discord and email, just tell me what you want and I'll, I'll try to accommodate it. Anyway, we have an anonymous producer, uh, who also writes in about last week's episode who works in the automotive industry. Uh, and they say, first of all, thank you for the information about the way about the way car manufacturers are avoiding the regulation by not registering quote new vehicle types. The applicable term here is probably facelift. Initially, it was a surprise to me why so many new projects are facelifts. This could be the reason behind that. As a second point, while discussing the topic, you mentioned that cars. Well, let's first get into that. Okay, so the facelift thing. No, actually, what I was talking about was actually more than a facelift. Um, so I was talking about, you know, when the new Golf comes out, there is always like uh, VW, the, the new Golf, let's, uh, is it the Golf 7 now? I don't know. Let's, let's take the Golf 6, right? Um, that model had several facelifts. My car, uh, the, the car I own, which is a Volkswagen Transporter, uh, colloquial called the T4. So the four, fourth generation, uh, VW Transporter. Uh, has I think had three facelifts. I think I I my mine was built in 2002, so it's the newest facelift one. But like that's a car model, right? And those have different facelifts. Facelifts are generally, as the name suggests, just changes to the look. Um, so they change the chass chassis of the car. Uh, what I was actually talking about are new models. Right, so when the um, when the Golf goes from Golf Five to Golf Six, they might not register that as a new car model. They they'll use the type uh, like uh, the type approval that they have because that whole process is very hard to go through. And they they go like, well, you know, we changed this and that, and of course it looks different and there's different seats in it, but you know, like the drivetrain is still eighty five percent from the old model, whatever, you know, that's, that's what I meant. Anyway, our, uh, anonymous, uh, listener goes on to say, 
uh, and producer actually, but uh, anonymous producer goes on to say because they are producer because uh, they wrote in. Um, as a second point, while discussing the topic, you mentioned that cars now have things like computers in them. The technical term here is ECU. Now, again, uh, I have to disagree. Um, yes, the ECU is a computer. But you know, you know how I was saying um, in the show that there are you know, computers and computers. Technically, a lot of thing, things are a computer, right? Uh, technically... Uh, you know, I, I just don't have an don't have an example right now. But you 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 might have a uh, a smart uh, temperature control like for your heating element, right? That that is technically a computer, but in reality, it's just like a very 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 dumb system on a chip. Maybe not even that. And and then there's things like an iPhone or like a tablet or like a PC. To me, that those are computers. And I was I was trying to differentiate these computers in air quotes like really smart computers they're embedded systems but you know let's say they run linux or something like that right um well that's other parts run linux as well but i was trying to differentiate themselves from like the thing that controls the brakes or the ecu for example in my um i know this because my motorbike's in the repair shop i'm gonna pick it up tomorrow and it had an electronics problem which i will i trace to the ecu so i have a very simple um motorbike it's a moto guzzi v7 um built in 2013 and uh the engine's pretty much the same engine uh, they they had in the 70s bike that it's modeled after now of course because of eu regulations um and you know uh uh, emissions uh, standards it doesn't have a carburetor anymore it has an injection system now because of that, that that's basically the only thing they changed in the engine the starter motor looks exactly like it was in the 70 everything the um the uh generator that you know powers the electronics whatever it is all it's all pretty much the same the drive shaft um, it looks, it, it, I mean, it, it's made out of newer components. It's, you know, like the the engine is, um, you know, it's this, this pulverized uh, cover. Um, so it's, it's, it's all modern, but it's basically built like an engine in the 70s. The only difference is it has an injection system. And because of that, of course, it has an ECU, right? Because uh, if you don't have a carburetor, uh, you have, you need like, it, there needs to be a computer in air quotes in there that calculates um you know what the air temperature is what the air pressure is uh, and then calculates you know when you're starting the engine how much fuel you have to mix with how much air uh, and then you know when the spark plugs fire and all of that now i would hesitate to call the thing that is in my moto guzzi a computer it, it technically is um, it's uh, you know Mutaguzzi belongs to Piaggio, so uh, the the ECU that's in my bike is the same in that the the big Piaggio uh, motor scooters have you know the ones that drive 120 or whatever you know the big ones. Um, it's it's like it's like one system. It's just like they flash a different uh, control on there for every bike. Like it's I think the same in every modern Mutaguzzi. They just have a different. Uh, like it's basically firmware you flash onto that, but that's very like that's a very 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 dumb system, right? That is not like it's technically a computer, but you, like you couldn't hack it. First of all, it doesn't have any connectivity. You probably get like the, my motorbike doesn't even have a CAN bus, 
right? It just has this ECU and wires coming out of the ECU to all parts of the engine, which is where the electronics fault was. Actually, the electronics fault uh, was the uh, clutch handle, which somebody actually on the internet suggested. When If that's broken, if there's a switch in there, if that's broken, uh, the uh, it... it um, the 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 the, the uh, ECU things the clutch will never get released and so it doesn't turn off, so it uses uh, like fifty milliamperes every time whenever it's on so it just drained the battery, um, but I could only with my limited electronics uh, could trace it to the ECU, like from the you know from the from the battery through the fuse box to the fuse that goes to the ECU, but because of on the other side there's like this. Uh, board with like all these out pins and they're connected to everything you know the 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 of course the ignition system you know the clutch handle the the uh, you know there's a little switch that tells that tells the bike if the the kickstand is is kicked out or not um all this kind of stuff the the um the lambda uh, probes in in the exhaust uh, there, there's like you know th- thermostats, uh, all all this kind of stuff. Um, so you know that's that's the ECU. But I generally I was talking um, about the entertainment system stuff like that, which generally in modern cars is they're, they're full blown computers, right? With a I think in the Tesla it's it's Linux, pretty sure. Uh, might be might be BSD, you know, really operating systems that have. And modern features of operating systems. Of course, uh, some cars, the brakes run Linux, like they have em- embedded Linux in there that you can hack that too, which is even more scary. But generally, a modern car uh, has a lot more computers in it than the ECU. The ECU is probably the most important thing, like especially, you know, on a very involved car, you know, you'd need, like, it's not like my motorbike, you know, my motorbike has two cylinders and that's it. Like on a, but on a, on a big car, you know, on a V6 or whatever, you'd have, you know, have all these kind of stuff. And it, you know, it's all connected. As I was saying in that episode, um, often this is connected to the entertainment system because the entertainment system wants to know how fast you drive. And so it can show that and all this kind of stuff. Uh, our anonymous listener goes on, uh, producer. And as far as regulations go, on one hand, car manufacturers are required by law to satisfy the regulations. So in some cases, you can say that they are the victim here, because satisfying regulations have a non-negotiable cost. Of course, it could be that some companies are somehow contributing to the establishment of these regulations, and of course... They help draft them by contributing to committees. But this is the world we live in. And sometimes this complex mechanism is what brings food to some tables and fattening the pockets of others. So somebody who works in the car industry, of course. Um, yeah, my issue with this, I don't have an issue with regulation. Sometimes regulation is just needed. Uh, my issue was uh, with the fact that, you know, we were talking about this um, emergency system that if you have a crash, it calls uh, emergency uh, services that, I personally feel the downside of the way that is implemented is higher than what it actually does. Uh, but even if it isn't, I, as the owner of the car, would like an easy ability to turn that off. I want to turn these things off. right? I don't give a fuck if the EU thinks, if I'm at the traffic light, my engine needs to turn off. 
I want to turn that off. I want to have the ability to turn that system off, even if it's not good for the environment, not good for me, not good. I don't care. It's my fucking car, right? I spent like 50,000 euros on this fucking car and I can't turn what I think is spyware in there off. Like that's reg regulation I, I um, object to. And it's just like that. It's not a EU thing. It's just generally regulation like that. Um, I object to to the state trying to tell me what's best for me. I'm a I'm a grown person. I'm an intelligent person. I can read scientific literature better than the politicians who are deciding this kind of stuff. I want the ability to decide for myself. And that's what this podcast is about, by the way. Uh, that's why I have show notes and have all the links, so you can decide for yourself what you think. Because I don't, you know, I don't want, I don't want, I want a discourse here. I want to tell you what you have to think. Um, and so, you know, that that's the kind of, uh, it's just the kind of regulation I object to. Um, but thank you for that email. Again, you know, this is even if I don't agree, um, it enables me to have a discourse, which is, which is the important thing. So uh, let's 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 talk about let's move into the last segment of the show and let's talk about uh, you know what keeps the lights on around here. So you, if you listen to this podcast for a long time, you, you have heard this before. Uh, I produced this podcast uh, in in my time for you. Um, I, as I said, I like feedback. I like to uh, you to tell me what you would like. Um, but you can also help me out a little bit by kind of, um, you know, kicking me some money that I can survive on. I uh, promise I will not use it to invest in stock, in stonks. Uh, neither GameStop nor any other stock. It's just not something I do. Um, if my wife at some point gets the idea of doing that, uh, then I will leave that in her capable hands and I will want nothing to do with it. She will be my um, my hedge fund, basically. Uh, <laughs> but yes, uh, so uh, help me out here. Uh, it, it's very much appreciated. Um, the easy way is Patreon. It's just easy for you easy for me it's nice because it's uh, like a monthly thing um, there are different levels uh, starting with one dollar a month whatever that is where you are uh, that is included uh, patreon helpfully um, shows you what kind of taxes uh, i need to hand over to the um, german state and adds that on so that's appreciated if you don't want to do that you can just send me money uh, in a one-off way via uh, PayPal, uh, producers at Fab Industries, producers at fab.industries is the email address. If you want another way, please let me know. Uh, I'm open to suggestions. Uh, it just needs to be uh, workable. Um, oh, Mode, mode 7 uh, in, in Twitch Live says uh, <laughs> Dogecoin. <laughs> please, no cryptocurrencies. I have a bad 
I have a bad history with those. Uh, Mode 7 has just uh, become a patron, so I appreciate that very much. So you will not be on this list, because I compiled this list when I when I prepped for the show. Uh, you'll, you'll be on there uh, on Friday, actually, <laughs> when the next show comes out. So yes, so I would like to thank everybody. Um, this is, of course, uh, this I, I stole this. This is the value-for-value value model. Well, I stole it. Um, Adam Curry and John C. Dvorak, who came up with this, uh, are completely... Uh, happy for other people to use this in fact they encourage this and it works like this uh if you if you think you got value from this then uh, give some value back and uh, i'll leave you to uh, imagine what that is anyway i would like to thank everybody now first off i have to say thanks to raul kabazali who uh, i licensed the uh, theme music for the show from which i love very much and it's become uh, obviously the uh, thing by which you recognize the show and um, it's very good it's a song called Acoustic Roots and then I have to be thankful to Bytemark at bytemark.co.uk which are a British hosting company um, which provides me with two servers that I use uh, to store the audio files on and more specifically for you to download the audio files which um, has for years just worked like a charm it's very fast so let's all thank Bytemark because without them I could do this you couldn't pay me enough Dogecoin probably for me to keep the service on. <laughs> okay, and yet, and yet, I'm, I'm, oh God, it's been a long day. I need more beer. I'm turning Germany all of a sudden. Now, let's thank everybody who, um, I mean, everybody's a producer. I say this always, uh, this is part of Value for Value. If you just write me things, if you give me ideas for, for topics, that's being a producer that helps is very much appreciated. Just, you know, being in, in chat on, uh, uh, on, on, on Twitch while I do this helps, uh, shows me that people enjoy what I'm, what I'm doing. Um, but what helps the most is just uh, providing some value and the list of those people, uh, not including mode seven, uh, <laughs> who, uh, just, uh, subscribed live during the show um, is as follows um, so thanks a lot to Michael Mullen Jensen Dave, Jonathan M. Heavy Butterbeans, Georges Steve Hose, Mark Holland Shelby Kruver, Jackie Plage Philip Klostermann 1I11G Jaroslav Lichtblau, Kai Sears Fadi Mansur, IKN Dirk Didi Mac Matt Jellyman, Joe Poser Michael Small, David Potter Mika Martin, Dave Amrish, SJ, Ricky M, Drive Zero, Mr. Amish, Jonathan Edwards, Barry Williams, Larry Glock, Bennett Piata, Av Avis, Neil, Captain Eckert, Christoph Martin, and Felipe Cavallo. I hope I said this correctly. I would also like to thank my Twitch subscribers uh, who are subscribed to my Twitch channel, maybe because of this podcast, but maybe also because of the game streaming I do from time to time. Uh, but they cal he brain freeze. They help keep the lights on as well. Those are some of these are uh, also producers of the show. Um, uh, those are Mike the Dane, Jason Word, Galteran, who just before we started resubscribed. He's been a subscriber to my Twitch channel for a year, which is mind blowing. Um, yeah, I knew the, sh the channel was going for a year, but still, it's like oh. It's been a year. Um, so Galtaran, Redeemer F, Indie Game EX, and Andy Pants. And that's everybody. Thanks to all of you. I appreciate it a lot. Um, I just did my taxes for the last year, and it was a horrible year. 
<laughs> but hey, we survive. Um, you know, I'm doing much better than a lot of other people. Uh, I don't have to like go and work in a job I don't want to work in. I can put food on the table. It's all good. But I appreciate that you're helping out. It is seriously appreciated. A lot of these people have been there for a year now. Uh, we're doing the show uh, on Friday, one year episode. I'm actually I should look up, uh, go back to the uh, to the first episode and the, the list. Did I have a list in the first? Oh God, no! I have to look. This. Do this. I have to scroll up here. Wait. All uh, right, episode one. Probably be faster to do it in the URL. Uh, yes. So actually, the first episode, uh, let's do that now. Uh, we had Niall Donegan, Michael Mullen Jensen, Jonathan M. Heavy, Georges Walter, Dave Kaisiers, Matt Jelliman, Fadi Mansour, Joe Pozo, and Dave. Those people have been there for a year. And a lot of other people uh, have come along and have, have stuck with the show. And I, it, I do appreciate that. Anyway, let, that's enough uh, tear jerking. It's almost like two hours. It's, it's enough. Um, I'm going to wrap up the show. I'm going to see you uh, again on Friday uh, for another episode where I do the special AMA uh, episode. Until then, um, be safe, as everybody says these days. More importantly, be happy and also hodl. Hodl the stonks. Remember, hold all the stocks. Or as Rudy likes to say, stay the course. Stay the course. Don't sell in your black lotus. Uh, before I, before I uh, leave, uh, I have to tell you also that the song we're playing out with is a song called Drop Dead by Van Syke. So don't take that seriously. Don't drop, drop that. Stay the course. <laughs>